Welcome to the Restored and Remarried podcast with Gil and Brenda Stewart. Gil and Brenda are internationally known marriage experts who specialize in remarriage and the step family. The Stewarts offer valuable principles that can improve your relationship satisfaction with the love of your life. Here they are, coach and counselors, authors and speakers, Gil and Brenda Stewart. Hey, everybody. This is Gil and Brenda Stewart again with uh, Restored and Remarried with uh, tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Hi, Brenda. Hey, I'm excited to talk about what we're going to do today. I'm going to throw you a curve right out of the the, out of the right out of the chute. Uh oh. What is your definition of a tingle? Oh. I've been thinking about this even before we got on the microphone. Like, I'm going to just see what does she call a tingle? I think one explanation would be you know when we when you're first starting to date and you get that turnover in your stomach of a butterfly not that you're going to throw up but that <laughs> that's <laughs> a ex- turnover like you're going to throw up okay no no that little fluttering in your stomach you know uh-huh. everybody's kind of experienced that early on in your relationship you were excited to see each other or sure that's kind of a, like a tingle okay that's a tingle yeah how about you that's you well, know, that's the other... our rule is if you ask okay, me a question that's, that's, you have to answer it that's the con that's the pro side i'm thinking there's also tingles that might actually be on the opposite spectrum which would be like that cold shiver up your back that raises the hackles on your back like a coyote and you want to fight no, I keep put it positive. I don't go there. You're going negative. Huh? No, I'm just going the opposite side for a second <laughs> because sometimes tingles might not be positive. Such as when you're dealing in co-parenting with the X Factor. That's not a happy tingle. No. So, let's Good start talking. You like that? See that one coming. Yeah, you didn't see that coming at all. So, tingles on maybe the opposite side today of dealing with co-parenting issues with the X factor. So the many... other the other parent because yeah. they still are your kiddo's other parent, like it or not. So many couples we talk with, I think the number one challenge they have is with their ex, whether it be my ex or your ex. And I think we in the process of getting divorced, we think, oh my gosh, I don't have to deal with that person anymore because they're driving me crazy. But people don't realize that if you have kids together, you you have that connection the rest of your life. It does not end. So that's why we love to talk to people that are contemplating divorce because their marriage is in a really bad place to be able to say, okay, let's go there for a minute. Let me Let us share what your life is going to be like. And it's a lot easier to fix what you've got then start all over. But I think maybe most of our audience is starting all over, yeah. right? Well, I think another thing, too, just out of respect for the ex, mm-hmm. is in our case, you know, you had 19 years with your first husband. I had 24 with my first wife. There were a lot of good years. Sure. I mean, there sure. were there were some really memorable times. And so the ex is rather kind of this negatory, negative kind of term where it was like, oh, yeah, the ex, and off mm-hmm. they go. Hold on a second. That ex happens to be the father and mother of your children. So it's respectfully speaking, maybe we need to reframe this and call them maybe the ex-spouse-in-law or the other parents. Because when the kids hear you talking about the ex, then that kind of creates those icky tingles in them, which they really, hey, they want to love that other parent, even if they're 
you know, they are the X. So let's kind of dive into that a little bit today. Yeah, so I love what you share, Gil, about a way to help, um, you know, the X, I'm going to just say the X for lack of better okay. terms right, right now, the other bio parent. Um, you know, they, you probably spent a lot of time with them in your, you know, previous years and they know you really well. Oh boy. So they know exactly what buttons to push. Yes, they do. To set you off and get what they want. Probably maybe without even realizing it's just the dance that you guys have had. So I guess my question to you, Gil, is how can we help our listeners, you know, have a tool because we're really big on tools to, um, unplug those buttons or... Well, unplug, I would say, is a good point. I would think that it's more along the line of an all-out clean, sever the connection for the sake of your emotional state. Mm -hmm. Now, when it comes to parenting and co-parenting, you still have to have some kind of a cooperative colleague type definition. That's kind of one of the other uh, episodes that we did talking about the types of co-parents. So we're really shooting to try to get to a cooperative colleague. But if I have all these emotions connected to the past with my former spouse, then I've got to go to work on me. Mm -hmm. Again, about the factor 58% of us didn't deal with our stuff before we entered into a new relationship. And sure enough, the common denominator, if there's a new problem, is me. So being able to cut and cauterize sever those emotional connections to the past so that you can get your wit about you to co-parent is what I'd like to talk with you guys about for a little bit. And to get your heart back. Ooh, talk to me about that. Because we have a new relationship here and I want your whole heart. You deserve my whole heart. And if some of it is still connected... Then I've got a divided heart and you lose out and ultimately we lose out. Correct. So, good point. Um, so back to the cut and cauterize. How do you do that? Well, typically when we're sharing with people about cutting and cauterizing, the, the most vivid um, illustration that I can give about cutting and cauterizing is a vasectomy. <laughs> yes, indeed, a vasectomy. Because when you cut and cauterize, those emotions may still be aroused, but they don't produce anything any longer because that connection has been severed. Mm. And emotionally speaking, all of those emotions to my former spouse, indeed, because of anger, frustration, betrayal, jealousy, all that kind of stuff can seep right back in. And then when I try to co-parent with that other person, I got all of that stuff to get through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It makes it near impossible unless you got a referee or an attorney helping you. Well, and what happens too is you get so sucked in by your own hurt that The kids, you don't even think about how this is impacting the kids because we get so uh, self-focused, and that's not fair to the kids. Right. And and honestly, I mean, your old relationship, sure, the the other spouse may indeed be pushing your buttons to be ornery, or I could use a few other words, but I won't. Um, So it's back to how do I do this? Mm -hmm. How do I how do I get my heart back? How do I get my emotion? Uh, back to me so that I can kind of soothe out myself in light of all of that. And so not allowing it to seep into, into a relationship between you and me. So I had, I had an opportunity years and years ago to go to a, 
a missions conference. And I was at the conference, and I was really going through it big time, not really able to co-parent very well because I was so deeply still connected to my my ex-wife and in ways that for the sake of the children, it was just getting in the way. And I realized that it was me. And so while I was at this conference, uh, one of the speakers introduced a concept of the ability to kind of bring healing to those holes in your heart, so to say, those those connections that are getting you nowhere. And so he explained how to basically, you know, gather up, you know, when you're in a place of, of memory, of, of turmoil, to kind of create yourself a little bit of a ritual. And the ritual basically was, in this situation, a basin of water. We, we were instructed to go scoop up a, you know, some water in our hands to, to, to uh, exemplify the, the struggle, the issue, the hurt, the pain, the, the, the anger, whatever the issue was. Hold on to that water for just a few minutes. Contemplate it. Feel it. Experience the weight of it. Experience the sadness and the grief of it. And then when you're done, when you've really reflected long enough on it, then simply and slowly let the water out of your hands. Yeah, let the water out of your hands. I'll tell you, guys especially, you tough dudes, when you really are emotionally in a state and you let something go, I'll tell you guys, when I did that over and over again, I got my heart back little by little. But simply when I let go of that water, I let go of emotions in the form of tears and sometimes screaming because it was like part of my heart was getting ripped out and I was having open heart surgery to be able to cut and cauterize those old emotions from a 24-year relationship and even a little before that. Hey, I didn't have any sedative to take. I wanted my emotions back and I was going to do whatever it took. So that little simple tool allowed me to get my heart back little by little. And each time I let go of situations, I grieved something, I forgave something, slowly but surely, I got my emotional control back so that when I talked to my ex-spouse and she would start pushing buttons, they didn't work anymore. And that really improved our relationship. Mm -hmm. Now, there were a few times when I was going through that process that fortunately, Brenda and I had a great deal of trust and honesty between the two of us. So there were some times where Brenda actually kind of intervened and she could actually talk with my my uh, former wife, my ex-wife, about situations for the sake of the kids. And that was helpful. So again, cutting and cauterizing is truly grieving, forgiving, being angry and letting it go so that you can slowly get your heart back and have healing in that big old hole that big old hole in your heart that's been through because of all of the ha- the, the the heartache that you've gone through mm-hmm. for the sake of your children and for the sake of yourself. Yeah, and I think you've also mentioned Gil that in that time when you're holding that that water that it may not always be a negative memory. No. It might be like something that was a really precious fun time that you can acknowledge it and maybe let that go too. Yeah, because there were there were times because you know, in my first marriage, I had opportunities to go lots of different places around the world, around the United States. And like you said, there were really positive memories. But in those times, there were some rough ones as well. So, yeah, doesn't mean that this is all bad. It's that I am reflecting on those memories, mostly rough ones, some good ones, and letting go of them so that I had my whole heart to give to you and at the same time be able to have my heart back 
not get frustrated, not hit those jealousy, anger, bitter buttons when dealing with my ex for the sake of the kids. Yeah, and I think it made us stronger. Yeah. So early on when I would see, you know, her pushing your buttons, and I know this is a common phrase, well, why don't you stand up to her? Why don't you protect us? Why don't you fill in the blank to, you know, stop the 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 goading that comes from the ex sometimes? And by you doing the cutting and cauterizing, it helped, like you said, cauterize, you know, those emotions so they didn't affect you as much so that you could protect us more. Yeah, they dead it out. I mean, when you yeah. think about the wiring, you know, and you go into the um, explanation and attachment theory, not to get too far off on the psychobab here, but when you deal about, you know, attachment theory, this was a primary relationship, 24 mm-hmm. years of my life. Mm-hmm. And there were attachments. There were mm-hmm. supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. that's what marriage is about, is to have attachment, to be a secure base, to have a safe place to go, to to share your ups and your downs. I mean, you got all these little sinews and little fiber optics of connection and history together, mm-hmm. and then it gets severed? Mm-hmm. Good heavens, talk about hemorrhaging. But if you hemorrhage, you got nothing to give in this new relationship, and who who suffers but the kids? Mm-hmm. Especially in that hemorrhaging, if there's all those other emotions that are negative. Right. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, and one thing that it seems like we've heard this experience more often uh, lately, and I don't know if it's more of a guy thing, but the couples we've talked to, it's been more of the guys that are really upset with the wife's ex. It's like, why can't they be a man? Why can't they stand up and take care of their kids? Why are they such a flake? And these men are like, really getting like worked up like physically worked up like oh, they come on go, now seriously they, they want to go knock they it. are pissed off they yeah. are they are ready to go clobber this this hose head yeah, i've heard a couple situations like this and it's like oh my gosh it's not even your ex yeah i and, and to play along with that it's like you know yeah maybe the the former spouse and it doesn't always have to be the guys because sometimes sure, the ladies right? can be well they're that not they're, too. they're not yeah. nice words you know and you guys have all said them okay wait wait a minute okay okay I, I confess but the point being is is that maybe that other person truly is being an idiot mm-hmm. but maybe behind them being an idiot is the fact that they're hurt they're confused they don't know what to do maybe they do want control and they're a master manipulator and such, but as you said at the top of the session, just because you get a divorce doesn't mean the problem's going to go. Actually, you know, the problem's going to go away. No, actually, it's going to intensify sure. because now you are not in a working relationship for the sake of the kids. Right. And so, yeah, that ex-spouse-in-law, that ex-spouse, other parents is going to just send you off in a zillion wrong directions. Yeah, and that's where, you know, you have to have the conversation, okay, you can get all worked up because of what the ex is doing, but how is that really benefiting your marriage now? How is that really benefiting your kids? Because you know, the kids are watching, okay, how are mom and dad going to interact with the, you know, the other step parents now? They're watching everything. And yeah, I I get it that some, you know, former spouses are knuckleheads and they're not doing things right. I get that. But you have control over your emotions and how that's going to affect, you know, where you're at now. You know, I we're I always encourage couples, where can you find an on ramp to connect and collaborate with the the bio parents? Because 
you know, oftentimes it's like, okay, is this the hill we want to die on? Is this, is, how important is this? So like how, what can we kind of give up what we want so the, the former spouse feels like they've gotten something, not to manipulate, to be honest about it, but it's like, think about it, you guys. If you, you know, you have your kids until they're 18 and they're teenagers right now and the wheels are falling off and it's crazy. It's like, okay, really, realistically, how many more years do you need to kind of play this game? Because once the kids move out, Hopefully they do, or they become 18. I tell you, if things get a lot easier, they really do. We have all of our kids are, have been out for a while, and yes, stuff still comes up because that's part of the step family adventure, but it's a lot easier because they're not, there's not interaction all the time with the step parent. Let's go back to the trenches. Or the bio parent. Let's go back to the trenches. Yeah. So finding common ground, that's great. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, sometimes finding common ground happens to be standing in front of a judge with your attorney and my yeah. attorney, and it is all-out war. Right. What do we do? I mean, in that case, you have no alternative but to fight the fight. Right. My advice to all of you out there, fight clean. Fight clean and keep your integrity because the point of it is is you got to live with you. You have to live in this new marriage, and if the other parent is going to be – bad word, bad word, okay, <laughs> then that's that's them. And eventually, like you said, Brenda, the kids get it. Unfortunately, there's uh, a lot of mayhem and damage and carnage between then mm-hmm. and now. And yeah, well, I guess you know now as a counselor, I'm seeing a lot more teens and 20s and even early thump-somethings coming in dealing with all of the crap that took place between parents that were at war. Your children are the casualties. Mm-hmm. So sign the Geneva Peace Retreat or, or Treaty the best you can. Sign the Geneva Peace, Re- Peace, Peace Treaty as quick as you can for the sake of the kids, but fight clean. Don't fight in a way that's malicious or revenge. Do it for the sake of protecting your children and your marriage mm-hmm. now. And if there's any possible way... I know this doesn't happen very often, but boy, to be bold and brave enough to be able to ask the other bio parent, can we sit down with a third party and just kind of, you know, let's all get on the same page for the sake of the kids. Now, I know some in some situations that's not realistic, but man, if you can at least put that out there to say, hey, we're on the same team because of our kids. Let's put everything else aside. Um what does little Johnny need? Exactly, because I'm working with a, a family right now, Brenda, a uh, school-aged child, elementary school. I'm talking to the school counselor. She's going, hey, would you sit with this family, the, uh, the bio dad and the bio mom and the stepdad? And there's some things that are cooking here, and an, an emphasis on the concept cooking. <laughs> and uh, so I'm talking to the, the, the school counselor, and she goes, well, if they all come in, how do you propose to diffuse this thing? And I'm going to go simple. I'm going to ask them this simple question. How do you cook a step family? In a pressure cooker where everybody's blowing up? Or a microwave where everybody's getting fried? Or a blender where everybody's getting stirred up? Or are you going to go the crockpot method? Slow easy, low heat, and back off mm-hmm. because that kid is going to end up frustrated. They're going to revolt somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are going to either withdraw, they're going to get angry, or they're going to all out rebel. And then you're going to have more problems on your hands. This is where I really want to speak to the parent who is being the idiot. You think they're listening? I hope they are. <laughs> and if not, if you are not the idiot, then forward this to the one who is. Here is the word to the idiot. (laughs) 
you're going to end up sending your kid to prison, early pregnancy, or drug addiction because of the pressure you're putting on them. Mm-hmm. Please, for the name of peace, back off. You're not helping anything by a bad attitude. I want to recognize one thing. You're hurting too. Don't make it worse. Please. And if you're hurting, then go find somebody to talk to to get the hurt. Mis- not misdirected, but redirected off of your kids and onto your own self so that you can deal with that and that you can move on. I have a heartfelt love toward you too. You're a human being. And I I understand this stuff hurts, but to take it out on everyone else is not going to do anything but cause your legacy to end up in a trash can and you're going to regret your the fact that hey, when you get old, you want your kids to like you. <laughs> and if you're old and you've been an idiot, they are not going to like you. So I love you and I say that in love, please, please back off. Well, we found too that I mean that's a great word, Gil, and I wish we could um Wish we could shout that from the mountaintops. I really do. We're both in tears right now because we've had to do that in some cases. And that is really the key back to us, that if we're holding strong, if we're doing the best we can to not be the idiots and do the right thing, then the kids benefit. And as they do get older, not that we are the favorites. No, there's room for loving everyone. And if, you, if you're in that place to where you have a loving relationship with all of the parents and all the kids, count yourself blessed. Yes, absolutely. And what we found, too, is once kids move out and, you know, they get in their 20s and they start, you know, getting their own life together, um, they actually start realizing, you know, as they talk to their other friends that are their age, wow, what was your experience like in your in your family and and, (laughs) and for our kids the kids your kids be able to come back years later even though they might have been pain in the butts they can come back and say well i really see the positive you were trying to do so even though you might be in the trenches of it right now it will come back years from now that the kids will realize you know the good stuff you've been trying to do you are playing the long game here because you're going to get old. <laughs> yeah. They are too. So when you think about playing for the long game, that means slow down, be strategic, but for all sake of your sanity and the legacy of your family, play with love, play with tenderness, play with humility, play with a lot of grace, even if that other parent doesn't understand that. So take some time this week and just think about what areas do you need to cut and cauterize uh, in your life and share it with your spouse. Because when whenever we would share that with each other, that would just uh, build history with us. It would bring more intimacy and a level of depth in our relationship that um, as we were getting our hearts back, we were able to share that level of being able to, you know, I got your back, you got my back, I got your heart, you got my heart. We got more tingles. <laughs> we got more tingles. We got more tingles on the positive side. <laughs> right. So we ended up with a bad tingle. Now we're going to end up with, I think we're going to have to sign off. because for those, Yeah, for those of you that know the code word in our family, we need to go pray. Yeah. <laughs> so that, read the book if you don't know what that means. So, hey, all said and done. If you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing. Thanks so much for listening in. Hope to catch you next time. Take care, everybody. 
You've been listening to Gil and Brenda Stewart with the Restored and Remarried Podcast. If you enjoyed today's time together, share it with a friend. And be sure to sign up for Gil and Brenda's free newsletter, subscribe to upcoming podcasts, and learn where they're speaking. It's all on the website, restoredandremarried.com. Connect on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and hashtag Restored and Remarried. Plus, they offer one-on-one couples coaching with amazing results. Join the Stewarts next time as they provide more tips, tools, and tingles for your relationship. Remember, if you ain't got the marriage, you ain't got nothing.